Welcome to The Lisa Show. I'm Lisa Natoli. This is episode five, How is Healing Accomplished? I'm so happy you're here joining with me. I've been doing a series on healing and today I'm going to continue with that theme. If it's your first time here, welcome. I invite you to go back and listen to episode two, episode three, and episode four if you're interested in healing. And I know you can heal anything. And I'm going to be talking about that in today's episode. But it does require for you to change your thoughts, your energy, your beliefs. It requires you to take 100% responsibility for everything that seems to be happening to you. It requires you to let go of judgments and to step into a place where you are identifying with the light that you are. And you don't have to get it perfect, but you do have to remain in a place where you're consistent with this to keep catching when you slide back into fear, judgment, worry, sadness. So now it's up to you. Now you can make a decision to say, okay, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm going to practice these ideas. And to me, it's exciting because these really are new ideas. The idea that you can heal yourself. We've been taught that healing is difficult. It's complicated. It doesn't work for everyone. And we have proof of this. You can say, I've prayed. I've done everything. Nothing's worked. And if those are thoughts that you've had, I simply invite you to be present here now. Just be present here. What I was expressing last week was the idea of the Wright brothers, the idea of flying, and how before that flying in the air seemed completely impossible, that you could go from this location to around the world. And we see it as easy now. We see it as totally normal, but for thousands of years, nobody would have believed it. That I could literally fly from this location to halfway around the world and be there just in less than a day. And it's not a miracle. It's natural. They've found out the science of it and nobody thinks it's extraordinary. It's, it's just a very ordinary thing. Same with many things. Electricity. For thousands of years, we only used fire and candles. We thought, yes, you just, this is just how it is. And there were individuals in time that knew there were other laws that were operating. That's what it is to be divinely inspired. We are receiving information from the one mind that we are, this intelligence. And it's inspiring us to go beyond our current belief system. And so these individuals continually experience failure after failure after failure after failure. And some of these individuals actually died without seeing their ideas come to life. And now it's the same with healing. These ideas are being expressed by many people right now that all sickness is nothing more than a reflection of the thoughts you've been holding for yourself. And one of the major blocks that many people have about this idea is they use it to make themselves guilty. So I ask you to not do that. Because often what I see in the spiritual community is people will have cancer or some kind of a sickness 
and they they say, well, I caused it. And somehow they make themselves wrong for that. And that's just not helpful. So I ask you to no longer do that, but to take 100% responsibility for whatever seems to be happening in your life. And we're going to start right here. And I'd love to hear from you. Please send me emails. My email is lisa at lisanatoli.com. I'd love to hear your questions. I would love to hear how you're practicing. I would love to hear the changes that have been occurring as you practice these ideas. I'd also like to hear from anyone who would like to come on the Lisa show as a guest. So I'm going to be setting up some live Lisa show episodes. I'm going to have callers on. I'm going to have guests on. I would like it to be very interactive. I'm also in the future going to be having guests on. I have some very inspiring teachers and authors who I'll be interviewing in the next month and I'll be introducing them to you. And this is what I love to do. I love to find things that move me, that really make me grow, make enter into a new space. And I just love to share them with other people. And so I thank you for being here. Today I want to talk about how is healing accomplished. This is from the Manual for Teachers in A Course in Miracles. There's four sections in the teacher's manual on healing. The first one is how is healing accomplished? The second one is, I love it, it says, is healing certain? And it says healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions the next one is, should healing work be repeated? And I love it. It says healing cannot be repeated. And the final one is, how can the perception of order of difficulties in healing be avoided? So I'm looking at the Circle of Atonement version of A Course in Miracles, which is a book I love. I invite you to get a copy. I really love for people to have this information themselves. I use a pen like I really use this as a training. To me, A Course in Miracles is not a book. It's a training by Jesus Christ. And it takes you from the place where you think you are as a body identity in fear, limitation, weakness. It starts right there. You need no preparation whatsoever. Where you are right now is where you begin. It doesn't matter how bad your sickness is. It doesn't matter what you think about what you've done that has not worked. You start right here and you give yourself a new beginning. I invite everyone to just get a copy of the book so that you have all the information yourself so that you're not depending anymore on me or anyone else outside of you. That you have the training manual for yourself. And then just begin it really begin it. And my suggestion as always is be as uncompromising as you can. And you're training your mind in a systematic way to a different perception of everyone and everything in the world. So we've been having a perception of ourselves as bodies separate from other bodies, alone and helpless. That's our perception. And we have to work hard. We have to struggle. We have to effort. And now we're training our minds to live in a new way. And so this is an invitation now for you to practice, to hear my words, to be present right in the place where you are, 
and then to begin to make changes, make changes in your energy, make changes in your thoughts, make changes in the words that you use, make changes in your beliefs. You're not helpless. You are powerful beyond belief. And I remember the first time I recognized that I could make changes in my words, because often we just think, no, I have to say this. This person is really pissing me off and I really need to let them know how I feel. Or this person doesn't know what they're doing and I need to tell them and correct them. And you begin to recognize that you have the power to not let words come out of your mouth. That's the first step. You recognize, oh, I don't have to say everything. And that's a place where you recognize, okay, I am powerful. I actually am powerful that I can just be quiet. That is a tremendous amount of power to be quiet. And so you start to claim, okay, I am powerful. And then the next step is where you recognize that you can change the thought. So you have the power to not allow the words to come out of your mouth. That's the first step. But the thoughts often are still rattling around in your head about other people or about yourself. And you recognize that you have the power to now change your thoughts. You don't have to think a thought. You recognize there's a billion other thoughts that you could be thinking or no thought. You could just be in the, in the silence and gratitude and appreciation and a feeling of joy. You recognize, oh, okay, I have that power. I can let this thought go. You recognize you have the power to let grievances go. You start to recognize there's been a track running in your brain, like a broken record, that keeps telling the same stories over and over and over and over and waiting for other people to change. And you recognize the record. You recognize, oh, this is only going on in my own mind. And I don't have to think this thought anymore. I can let it go. I can forgive. I can forgive myself. I can forgive others. You recognize you have the power to let the past go. You recognize you have the power to not worry about the future. All I wanted to do in this moment is to help you to recognize the enormous power that you do have. And it's also an ability. Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles that healing is the one ability that can be developed and must be developed. So healing is an ability. And now we are stretching that ability muscle. We're saying, okay, healing is an ability that can be taught. It can be learned. And now I am going to learn it. And as you keep using these ideas, you begin to see improvement. You begin to see change. So one of the things for me as a teacher, as someone who teaches healing, and as I expressed in the earlier episodes, all healing means is wholeness. Healing is a return back to the awareness of your own wholeness, period. And if you can stay in the space of your own wholeness consistently enough, long enough, you will see change, guarantee. But the difficulty is that people can't stay in that place long. They keep getting stuck and sucked back down into old habits, old stories. So this is an invitation now for you to say, I'm going to play with these ideas. I'm going to use these ideas. I'm going to use my situation, my sickness, my symptoms. 
I'm no longer waiting for a miracle. I'm no longer waiting for someone else to heal me. I have the ability to heal myself. I have the ability to help others to learn how to heal. And so thank you so much for joining with me. I wanted to share this section, how is healing accomplished today because of these first two sentences, which are very important. It says healing involves an understanding of what the illusion of sickness is for. Healing is impossible without this. So often what people are doing is just waiting for a healing. They're bypassing the sickness part. They're not looking at the sickness part. They're just saying, I just want to be healed. And they don't even know why they want to be healed. They just don't like where they find themselves in pain, suffering, limitation, whatever it is that the sickness has been for you. And you need to look at it. Healing involves an understanding of what the illusion of sickness is for Healing is impossible without this. So it says the perceived purpose of sickness. Healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. Who would choose to suffer unless he thought it brought him something and something of value to him? He must think it is a small price to pay for something of greater worth for sickness is an election, a decision. Sickness is an election, a decision. So I want us to just pause with that and see how that lands for you. Sickness is an election, it is a decision. And what I ask for you to do is just say yes. Okay, I don't know how I cause this situation, this sickness, but okay, I chose it. I chose it. I elected it. And now we're looking at it. We're looking at the perceived purpose of sickness because healing then will be very fast for you, but it won't be fast. If you start making yourself guilty, you start saying, I caused cancer. I caused this pain. Then you're actually staying stuck and there's no movement. So we want movement. So I just ask for you to just say, okay, I elected sickness. This, this thing that seems to be happening to me, I asked for it. And I love that it says it's just an illusion of sickness. I want you to see how fast it disappears. So this does require your participation. This isn't magic. It's not even a miracle. You're not waiting for someone else to do it for you. There's no magic wand. You have the power to do this. Sickness is an election, a decision. It is a choice of weakness in the mistaken conviction that it is strength. When this occurs, real strength is seen as threat and health as danger. Sickness is a method conceived in madness for placing God's son on his father's throne. God is seen as outside, fierce and powerful, eager to keep all power for himself. Only by his death can he be conquered by his son. And so what I have been expressing in the last three episodes, episode two, episode three, and episode four is... Almost all sickness in my experience, talking to people, seeing the things that I've done in my own mind, 
Sickness is hiding. You've been hiding. You've been just living in a space of isolation. And that comes straight out of A Course in Miracles. Sickness is isolation. And you've not been yourself. And we learn to hide here to keep ourselves safe. We learn that if we express ourselves authentically, we will get in trouble. And so we've learned to hide. We've learned to walk on eggshells. We've learned to play it safe. We've learned how to control our own environment so that people don't get upset. And what happens in that place is you're not being yourself. You're not being the light that you are, the light that just simply wants to shine. Energy wants to flow. And what we do with our defenses is we hold the light in. We keep it contained and we think it keeps us safe. It keeps the love in and it keeps the love out. And we forgot that we did it. We forgot that we are the ones that put up the wall. And something I've talked about over the years is my belief that when you contain energy, it goes bad because light and energy is meant to move. It's not meant to be contained. And so we take all the light of the universe and we contain it. We hold it in and suddenly it starts to go bad. And so what you're doing here is now you're going to make a new decision to let the light flow again, no longer containing it. And sometimes the only thing you can do is take tiny, tiny, tiny little baby steps to start letting this energy flow again, to actually look someone in the eye when you're in the supermarket, when you're out on the street, when you're just out in public somewhere, to join with another. You don't have to do big things, but that's a big thing for a lot of people is to look up. And Jesus in A Course in Miracles even uses that as an instruction, look up. He actually says it several times, look up. Because our eyes are cast down, we don't dare look at each other. And so to me, healing is a space where suddenly your energy is moving more upward. For me, it actually pulls me upward. For years, I was all hunched over, just hiding my heart maybe, very bad posture, and always my shoulders were coming downward over my heart area, and I was always sort of crouched, and my head was always downcast. And Jesus talks about that in the Course also, that, that our head is downcast. And when you come back into a space of acknowledging the light that you are, the power that you are, and being more bold and joining, joining your light with others, you will notice that the energy starts moving you more upright. This is my experience, the energy and who knows how it works. I, I don't know that, but you know, there's many conversations about chakras and the energies moving through your chakra areas and clearing them. I don't know the science behind any of that, but I know that when I am remembering the light that I am, my posture improves and I find myself standing up straight. I find that my heart suddenly is the first thing in front of me. I love that. I love that idea of imagining that you're standing up so straight that your heart, like your chest sticks out, like you're 
actually moving your heart out in front of you and you're allowing your heart to lead and you're not hiding it anymore. You're not all scrunched over in bad posture, hiding your heart. You're saying, okay, I'm standing up straight. My head is up high. I'm remembering who I am. And even if you're not certain yet, you can play it like a game. And when you go out in public, you're making eye contact with another. To me, that is just such a great healing procedure to just look someone in the eye and feel love. Don't have to say anything to them, but imagine that this light, which you have contained, and now you are committed and dedicated to healing. And you're saying, I am going to let this light flow. I am going to let this little light of mine shine. And you are just saying, okay, I'm going to just as many opportunities as I can today, I'm going to imagine that the light that I have contained within me is now flowing. And it actually is flowing when you're thinking about another, even in the quietness of your own house, in your living room, in your bedroom, and while you're lying in bed. You can actually get the energy moving even there when you're no longer thinking of grievances. When you are in a space of grievances and judgment, the wall's up. That's a very easy way to think about it. And that's a very easy way to let go of the grievances to say, okay, wow, I have a grievance. It means the wall's up because grievances feel bad. It means the light is being contained in you and that's why you feel bad. So you let the grievance go means you let the wall go and you just decide I'm going to use this time that I was using to think about my grievances to use it to bless you just think of someone. Think of someone and say, okay, I bless you. Bless you with the love of God we share. That gets the energy moving. And when you're out in public, you're looking someone straight at the eye. And what you will begin to notice, people are terrified of it. I, I see it a lot. When I look someone straight in, it's actually hard for me to make eye contact with people because they're not looking at me. Like I want to make eye contact with many people. And I'll be trying to get their attention to look them straight in the eye. And we've trained ourselves to not look anyone in the eye. So I invite you to do that. I invite you to really just say, okay, I'm going to get this energy moving now. This love of God, I'm going to keep it moving. And then you look at where you still have fear around that. And you allow yourself to receive it. Allow yourself to receive the love of God from others. So I love it here because it says in how is healing accomplished. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I really invite you to get a copy of the book, get a pen, just start to really look at each sentence as if it's coming from Jesus because it is coming from Jesus, your Christ mind and sit with Jesus. That's, that's what it is to read a course in miracles. You're actually sitting with Jesus and he is instructing you. He's telling you these ideas. So it says, if he is healed, he is responsible for his thoughts. See this as a training from Jesus himself. Jesus the Christ, your own inner light. You're talking to yourself. This is yourself, your true self, speaking to you, giving you information. And that's why I love A Course in Miracles because it's actually in a form that we can hear and understand. 
so often people say, I don't hear a voice. I'm not sure what it's saying. Now there's perfect certainty because it's right here in black and white. And all you have to do is read it. So how is healing accomplished? So it says here that we have seen God is outside, fierce and powerful, eager to keep all power for himself. Only by his death can he be conquered by his son. And what in this insane conviction does healing stand for? It symbolizes the defeat of God's son and the triumph of his father over him. It represents the ultimate defiance in a direct form, which the son of God is forced to recognize. It stands for all that he would hide from himself to protect his life. If he is healed, he is responsible for his thoughts. And if he is responsible for his thoughts, he will be killed to prove to him how weak and pitiful he is. But if he chooses death himself, his weakness is his strength. That's what everyone does in sickness. They have not claimed their power, and so death is just easier. Death is easier for you. Until you say, no, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I'm going to be responsible for my thoughts. I don't have to prove how weak I am anymore. And you start to side with the strength of God now. And stop choosing death. Now he has given himself what God would give to him and thus entirely usurped the throne of his creator. What I said in an earlier episode was if you think you're dying, you take total responsibility and you say, instead of I'm dying, you say, I'm killing myself. That's total responsibility. And now you can make a new choice and you can say enough of that. I'm done with killing myself. I'm done with hiding. I'm done with isolating. I'm done with thinking that God is outside of me and that I'm weak and pitiful. And you bring yourself back into this place of tremendous power. And this is where you begin. And what does it require? A shift in perception. Healing must occur in exact proportion in which the valuelessness of sickness is recognized. You say, I don't need it anymore. I don't need to be sick. I don't need to be weak. If I need to take a break, I can ask for a break. I don't have to be sick to take a day off from work. I can just say, I'm not coming in today. I'm, I need some time. And you start showing up in a new way. You shift your perception. And now you can actually become honest and recognize, okay, I don't really want to show up in life. I actually don't want to put myself out there. And in that space, at least now you know what you really want. But if you are sincerely wanting to move beyond the experience of sickness and pain, this is the place when you can say, I'm done. I'm done with this experience and I let the past go. And we join right here in this new place, right here. And we allow the instruction of Jesus to be the words that guide us. One need but say there is no gain at all to me in this, and he is healed. But to say this, one must first recognize certain facts. First, it is obvious that decisions are of the mind, not of the body. If sickness is but a faulty problem-solving approach, it is a decision. And if it is a decision, it is the mind and not the body that makes it. And I want to just say one of the things the mind does often to resist healing 
is to start thinking about other people who are sick and how they couldn't have chosen that. Like if the mind starts going to, yeah, well, what about babies who were born with physical deformities? And it starts thinking of things that you can't heal. Well, that person doesn't have any arms and you can't grow back arms. And, and the mind starts coming up with a whole bunch of other ideas that are nothing more than your own distraction and delay mechanisms. So I want you to be alert to that. I want you to really see if your mind is going off into conceptual land, thinking about or trying to prove how healing is not simple. Just be alert to that because that is what happens. The mind then wants to come up with some excuses. But if you truly want healing, I want you to come into this place and say all things are possible. Healing means wholeness. And so that's it. I mean, I know so many people who have physical disabilities or don't have arms or legs and they're not sick. They're totally whole. And so what you're doing is you're looking at this idea of what the sickness is. You say, there is no gain at all to me in this, and he is healed. But to say this, one must first recognize certain facts. First, it is obvious that decisions are of the mind, not of the body. If sickness is a faulty problem-solving approach, it is a decision. And if it is a decision, it is the mind and not the body that makes it. The resistance to recognizing this is enormous because the existence of the world as we perceive it depends on the body being the decision maker. Terms like instincts, reflexes, and the like represent attempts to endow the body with non-mental motivators. Actually, such terms merely state or describe the problem. They do not answer it. The acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind for a purpose for which it alone would use the body is the basis of healing, and this is so for healing in all its forms. A patient decides that this is so and he recovers. If he decides against recovery, he will not be healed. Who is the physician? Only the mind of the patient himself. So I talked about that in the last few episodes is you're the physician. Your mind decides the outcome. You decide. And that is so important. You decide on the outcome. Are you going to be whole? Or are you going to continue to be sick? And you decide. And then it says the next sentence, the outcome is what he decides that it is. How are you going to show up from now on? You decide. So I invite you to really decide on the outcome you want. Write it down. Just sit in meditation. Sit in quiet. Decide. You decided for sickness. Now you're going to decide for something brand new. Decide on the outcome you want. And what it is, is a feeling. It's a state of mind. That's what you're deciding on. And you begin to live in that way. 
because the state of healing is already accomplished. And so as you stay in that place and you allow yourself to really step in and say, okay, I am healed. I am healed. I am whole. I am perfect as God created me. And you decide on the outcome. The outcome is what he decides that it is. Special agents seem to be ministering to him, yet they but give form to his own choice. He chooses them to bring tangible form to his desires. And it is this they do and nothing else. They are not actually needed at all. The patient could merely rise up without their aid and say, I have no use for this. There is no form of sickness that would not be cured at once. Amazing, right? These forms that you've been using to try to heal yourself are not actually needed at all. You could just rise up without their aid and say, I have no use for this. There is no form of sickness that would not be cured at once. What is the single requisite for this shift in perception? It is simply the recognition that sickness is of the mind and has nothing to do with the body. What does this recognition cost? It costs the world we see, for the world will never again appear to rule the mind. So this is the end of weakness, being a victim, being limited, being small, thinking people are doing things to you. It's the end of grievances. It's the end of judgments. It's literally the end of your world. And this is very scary for most people. But if you're ready for it, you just say, I'm done. I'm done with being a sick person. I'm done with excuses. I'm done. I have no need of it. I have no need of feeling sorry for myself. I have no need for other people feeling sorry for me. I don't need it anymore. I don't need people to take care of me and use sickness as the way to do it. If I need help, I can ask for help now. I could say, hey, could you come over and visit? I don't need to be sick anymore. So it says, for with this recognition is responsibility placed where it belongs, not with the world, but on him who looks on the world and sees it as it is not. He looks on what he chooses to see, no more and no less. This is why I love the responsibility for sight prayer. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve and everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and receive as I have asked. I am responsible for what I see and I see only love. I'm responsible for that and I choose that. I choose feelings that I experience. I choose joy. I choose appreciation. I choose love. I choose gratitude. I choose them. And I don't choose the other ones. I don't choose to be angry. I don't choose judgment. I don't choose those things because I don't want them. I have no need of them anymore. I choose the feelings I experience. Why? Because I am all powerful, just like you. I choose. And I decide on the outcome I would achieve. So every time I go into a situation, I already know the outcome. The outcome is that I'm going to give love and I'm going to see my brother as myself and I'm going to give everything. That's the outcome. That's it. 
And I'm going to remember God. That's the outcome. And so it's completely accomplished now. And now there's total freedom. So with this idea is pain forever gone. But with this idea goes also all confusion about creation. Does not this follow of necessity place cause and effect in their true sequence in one respect and the learning will generalize and transform the world. The transfer value of one true idea has no end or limit. The final outcome of this lesson is the remembrance of God. What do guilt and sickness, pain, disaster, and all suffering mean now? Having no purpose, they are gone. And with them also go all the effects they seem to cause cause and effect, but replicate creation. I love that. Cause and effect, but replicate creation, seen in their proper perspective without distortion and without fear, they reestablish heaven. So the next section in here, how is healing accomplished, is called the function of the teacher of God. And I'm not going to cover that one today because I just want to stick with you in the space where you are of healing yourself. That's first. And then this section is helping others to heal. What is the function of a teacher of God? Because it says, if the patient must change his mind in order to be healed, what does the teacher of God do? And I invite you to read it. I invite you to read this section because it's always nothing more than an invitation to change your mind. So all a teacher of God does is help another to change his mind. And what it says in here is that the presence of a teacher of God is a reminder. So you, in your healing, in your wholeness, in your holiness, you are the reminder of the love of God on earth to everyone, and that is enough. That's actually how healing is accomplished. Others see you in your joy, in your gratitude, in your total extension, and they recognize, oh, that's possible for me then. Even if they may not consciously recognize it yet. And then from there, it's determined by you whether or not you really want to step into a function of helping others to heal, to know their own wholeness. My experience is at a certain point, there is no choice. So... What I mean by that is I used to think, I don't want to teach, I, I don't need to, to help other people, I don't need to help people change their mind, and I didn't. I just thought, oh, I'm just, I have enough problems on my own, I, I'm not going to help other people, I don't want to be a coach, I don't want to be a teacher, I don't, I don't want to do that for my life work, I just want to be left alone. But what happened to me is I've entered into this place where I see people suffering. I hear their stories and I know they're doing it to themselves and I know that they don't have to hurt themselves. And so 
you begin to take on this function naturally. It's almost not even a choice. It's like somebody is saying something is blue when it's red and you're there going, okay, I'm just going to help this person see it differently. You find yourself in such a state of joy and gratitude for what has occurred for you that there's a natural extension that you're not even extending. You're just not blocking anymore. I guess that's the best way for me to describe it. I never actually feel like I'm doing anything. In every moment, I'm simply present wherever I am, available for the light to flow. I'm just alert and present and at peace and enjoy and allowing myself to be led. Just to say, okay, Father, here I am. Send them. Send them to me. And I've just, I'm there available for whatever comes in front of me. And the love at the point where there's no more blocking by you is just flowing. It's like Jesus talks about from 2,000 years ago. My cup runneth over. Your cup is just pouring. It's, it's, there's nothing you can do to stop it anymore because the blocks are all gone. And the light just simply knows where to flow. It's flowing there naturally. So the only difficulty that any of us ever had was our own stopping of the light. From fear, from worry, from faulty learning. That we just kept containing the light. And when you come into a space like this and you have a willingness to let the blocks and the obstacles go and let the light start to flow again, it starts naturally moving wherever it needs to go. So if you've been searching on the internet for ways to heal, you've been going to doctors, you've been suffering, I invite you to just Really look at these sections. It's in the manual for teachers. The next one is a section called Is Healing Certain? And it talks about why in some people there is no healing. It says because healing is seen as a threat. And it talks about how the state of healing has already been accomplished. But the threat is too great for you to just allow yourself to be that light. It says, is healing certain? Healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions. Truth demonstrates illusions have no value. Healing will always stand aside when it is seen as threat. The instant it is welcome, it is there. Where healing has been given, it will be received. And what is time before the gifts of God? And the final piece is trust. You trust that you've given this problem to one who is with you, who is yourself. And the way it's described in A Course in Miracles is the Holy Spirit. But that's where you're really collaborating now with the light. You're working with it. You're walking with it. You're talking with it. You're listening you're letting it lead the way. You're following. You're letting love change you. And you're no longer blocking. And you're, you become like a child, really. You say, okay, 
I'm listening. I'm here. And you let it speak to you. You let this light, this love speak to you about your next steps. And to me, this is just a total experiment ground. This really is a place that the world is not talking about these ideas right now. We're at the very beginning. And if you're listening to this, you're one of the front runners. And you demonstrate it first in your own life. One of the things I do suggest to people is a program that I created with my husband, Bill Free, called Living in Purpose. Many people have taken the 40-day program, and that's awesome, and that one's totally free. But we have a Living in Purpose program, which is a mastery program. And that is the experiment ground. That's the place where people can really step in and dedicate a chunk of their life to just saying, okay, I'm going to live in a totally new way. It has the support of many others who are living in this way. It's a one-year program, and you complete all the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles in one year. You get 10-minute audio lessons for every single workbook lesson. You get six months' worth of lessons that you can begin to live your life in this new way. To me, that's that's the only way I know what to do right now is to get out of the head space, get out of the thinking space, and to move into the heart space and begin using these ideas. To just make a decision. Sickness is a decision. Well then, health and wholeness is a decision. To be the light of the world is a decision. And you have to be consistent about it. And that's why for me, I'm constantly looking for teachers and I'm looking for places where I can experiment in a new way. And I have the support of others who are doing the same. There's great strength in finding your mighty companions and walking with them and using these ideas. Because often you'll find with your family members and your friends, they don't live in this way. They don't have these ideas. And so when you start living in this way of recognizing I'm healing myself, even if you told people that, people would just say, what? How? How? Who do you think you are? You can't heal. And I've even heard many people in spiritual communities even think that idea is arrogant because they say, well, you can't heal without God. And so you really come into this place of confrontation almost when you, when you claim, I'm going to heal this. I'm healing my mind. I have no need for cancer. I have no need for this sickness. I have no need for pain. How is healing accomplished? Healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. Here in the world, here in your experience, you might think, I have no control. The pain is enormous. I can't just let pain go. It, it's in charge, but it's of the mind. You make a decision that you have no need for that pain anymore. You recognize, I caused it. I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible for my thoughts. I'm not going to hold the light in anymore. I'm not going to hold on to these grievances and these judgments anymore. I have no need for this. I have no need to live in this lack state anymore. I have no need for pain. And you don't have to know what to do then, but you have to make that firm beginning to say, okay, I'm not a victim anymore. I'm not using this as a way of life anymore. 
I have no need for pain. That's it. I have no need for this anymore. Then you choose health. You choose vitality. You choose joy. Sickness is an election. Health is an election. You choose to be alive. You let death go. You say, I'm done with that. And that's, that's it. That's your choice. So I love you with all my heart. It's all here available to you. This is your experiment ground. This is your playground. These are new ideas. You often will not find them on the internet yet. Very few people are expressing these ideas. And I give them to you that you begin to apply them. That you get a copy of A Course in Miracles. I personally suggest the Circle of Atonement edition. It has everything in it. I also suggest for you to buy the Song of Prayer booklet and the Psychotherapy Handbook. Those are available through the Foundation for Inner Peace. They're not in the Circle of Atonement edition. And I encourage you to see this as a training from Jesus himself to you. This is Jesus's gift to us and it's available to you. And this is your training period. And the time that you decide that you're going to take this training is up to you. And yes, it's a big book, but think about it. Do you want to continue to just wait for a miracle or are you ready to take back your power and say, okay, I'm training myself now. And this is why we all love the guys in the military and these people who have gone through long periods of schooling because of that dedication. These individuals who just said, okay, I'm going to go push myself. I'm going to challenge myself. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to do it because I can't wait anymore. I'm done with waiting for a miracle. I've waited for too long and I'm done. And this is my year and this is my time and I'm doing it. And you get the training materials and you rearrange the time in your life so that you can do it, so that you can accomplish it, so that you are doing one lesson a day. You are reading the text. You are reading all of the instructions. And more importantly, that you're using these ideas. You know, the guys in the military, they don't just think about push-ups and crawling through the mud. They're out there doing the push-ups and crawling through the mud and pushing themselves. And so it is going to take a completely radical new approach for you and the choice is yours you just decide and it it doesn't mean you have to do big things but it does mean that you have to do new things so i thank you for listening and again please communicate with me i love hearing the miracle stories my email is lisa at lisanatoli.com if you'd like to be on the show and be a guest and share your story, please send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And I love you. There's no need to suffer. You are the light of the world.